So we're in week six of our series, Worth It, this week, and I'm wrapping up the section dealing with money. Uh, money is something that, that, as a church, we need to speak about more and more, and we should be speaking about it rationally, biblically, and honestly. See, friends, if, if the church doesn't speak rationally, biblically, and honestly about money, what, what happens is the world begins to dominate the narrative. The world begins to shape our thinking on what money should be, how we should handle our finances. And the world's narrative, the world's themes for around money is consumerism and capitalism. The Bible is not silent on these issues. In fact, it's far from it. We need to live according to the Bible. When Jesus was on earth, he taught on many things. Um, but the thing that he taught the most on was not repentance and forgiveness. The thing that he taught the most on was not heaven and hell. The thing that Jesus spoke the most about was money and possessions. He taught the most on money and possessions. And all of his teaching regarding money and possessions came in the form of a warning. He never said, this is a good idea, guys. He said, no, no, I want to warn you about money and possessions. All of Jesus' teaching is a warning around money and possessions. As a church, if we are not, first of all, listening to those warnings, heeding them, and then repeating them to ourselves and others, I think we're not living according to the Bible. And so uh, we're speaking on money, not because it's a good thing to do, no, actually because it's a biblical thing to do. That's why we're doing it. So in the money section of this series, series, we've spoken about the purpose. We started off speaking about the purpose of wealth. What would you do with wealth if you had it? See, wealth is not uh, an amount of money. Wealth is any resource that you have in your hands, whether it's 50 cents or 5 million rand. That, that wealth, that, that increase that you have, has a purpose to it. What is the purpose of that wealth, whether it's 50 cents or 5 million rand? You have something in your hands. What is the purpose of that wealth? We spoke about principled growth, about how the Bible gives us systems of how to approach our money and possessions. We said we can't substitute out of the, some of the principles and then hope to still be faithful. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I've done a little bit of traveling, and wherever you travel in the world, whether it's around the world or anywhere in South Africa, if you go to a KFC, it doesn't matter who owns the shop, it doesn't matter who's in the kitchen, and it doesn't matter who's serving the food, the chicken tastes the same. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter the quality of chicken, the quality of the spices, who owns it. It tastes exactly the same. How do they get that right? Well, there's a recipe. If you want to be a franchise of KFC, you have to follow the recipe strictly. You can make your own fried chicken. You can make fried chicken your own way at home. I'm sure everybody's tried. You can make it yourself. You just can't call it KFC. It's a franchise. See, the system of God around finances is a franchise. You can do things your own way. You can substitute in things and make your own fried chicken. That's fine. You just can't call it God's way. You just can't call it God's pattern of finances. And as a church, surely as Christians, as followers of Christ, surely we should be wanting to do things the way that Christ teaches us to do things. See, God's system of financial management is actually a franchise. We have to follow the recipe strictly. Rich spoke about the principle of increase and the principle of the first, and he spoke last week on stewardship. If you've missed any of the messages, they're available on our online platforms, our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, our website. I want to encourage you, don't only go on and listen if your finances are in a little bit of mess and perhaps you need a little bit of help. That's not the time. Don't only go on and listen and think, oh, maybe I need to sort something out now. Rather do it when you... I would encourage all of us to do it because we want to understand the recipe. 
right? KFC's recipe is hidden. Secret herbs and spices, seven of them, you can't replicate it. It's, it's, a, it's a national secret, right? They, they, they spend millions of rand guarding that secret so that you can't make KFC at home. God's recipe for financial management is not a secret. He's made it plain to us, and he's made it simple. So I would encourage you, go on and listen to all of those to understand the recipe of God's financial management system. I want to speak today about sowing and reaping as we close the finance section. These aren't words that we use every day because we live in a city, but farmers understand the words sowing and reaping very well. But the principle is very simple. If you want to reap a crop of potatoes, amazamban, you've got to sow. You can't sow pawpaw seeds and then hope to reap potatoes. If you want to reap potatoes, you've got to sow potato seeds. I don't know if potatoes come with a seed or if you just put potatoes in the ground. I don't really know how potatoes work. Maybe it's mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, put them in the ground. I don't know. However, the principle is, if you want to reap potatoes, you've got to sow potatoes in whatever form that looks like. So this, it's, it's such a simple principle, but it's the principle of the kingdom of God. Did you know that Jesus is a sower? Jesus himself, he says, I am a sower. He's teaching his disciples in Matthew chapter 13. It says this in verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in the field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. (coughs) Excuse me. And a little bit later, in verse 37, Jesus' disciples ask him, explain to us that parable. What does it mean? So he says this in verse 37. The one who sowed the seed is the son of man. He says, Jesus calls himself the son of man. He says, I'm the one who sowed the seed. The field is the world. And the good seed is the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. So Jesus says that he sows seed, and the seed that he sows is the people of the kingdom, which is us. Jesus is a sower, and and it's our purpose to be sown by him into the world to bear good fruit. Friends, I don't know how you've seen yourself. If you see yourself as a husband or a wife or a father or a son or a daughter, perhaps you see yourself as a business person. Perhaps you see yourself as a student. I think you're going to struggle with your purpose if that's how you see yourself. If you see yourself as a musician, you're going to struggle with what your purpose is. Friends, if you see yourself as a seed sown by God into the world to be a husband, a wife, a father, a son, a musician, a sportsman, a business owner, I'm I'm sown by God as that into the world to bear good fruit. It gives my life purpose because a seed has purpose. A seed has potential. A seed's, a seed's purpose is not just to be, is to, a seed doesn't just chill in the ground and drink water all day. A seed's purpose is to put deep roots down and to grow big so that I can have, people can live in my shade and eat my fruit. When I see myself as a seed, not just as doing whatever I do, it changes the purpose of my life, friends. Jesus says, I am a sower and the seed that I sow are the people of the kingdom into the world. You should be excited at that. It's way more excited than me. 
because it gives your life purpose. So how you behave as a seed impacts the seeds that other people have to sow. So if I'm a lazy seed, if I'm a bad seed, the people around me eat bad fruit and they eat underripe fruit. And if you've ever eaten underripe fruit, what does it do? It gives you an upset tummy. And then you don't have any seeds because the seeds are all gone. They're washed away. So people, the idea is that people should eat of the fruit of my life. And because I've eaten of my fruit, they should have seeds of their own to sow. Jesus is a sower and he sows us into the world. But what, what Jesus tells us in this parable also is that the devil is a sower. He says, I, I'm a sower, I sow seed, but the devil is also a sower and he sows seed. Just because there's seed sown and it's grown into something, it doesn't mean that it is good seed. Do you know where the seed comes from? The stuff that you consume, the stuff that you, that you take in through your eyes and through your ears, often without thinking often without giving it a second thought, where did this seed come from? Somebody sowed that seed, and I'm eating it. Who sowed that seed? See, the devil is also a sower of seed. As Jesus is, so is the devil. Too many people just consume whatever's in front of them. We watch anything. We read anything. We listen to anything, and we listen to anyone, and we don't ever stop to consider where did the seed that grew this plant come from? Friends, don't just consume what's in front of you. The devil sows seed also. Question it, interrogate it. Where did the seed come from? So the devil is a sower, and the, the discontented heart, a discontented heart, is fertile, fertile ground for the devil to sow his seed in. When, when he comes to Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, he finds in Eve a discontented heart. A discontented heart means that I believe God got it wrong. I believe God withheld something good from me. So Eve says, God has given me this garden, amazing, amazing, but she's discontent because she believes God withheld something good from her, the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. So because her heart is discontent, the enemy is able to plant a seed into the fertile, discontented heart. When Paul writes instructions to the church, he, he says to Timothy, who's a young man leading a church, he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, his instruction to him is, godliness with contentment is great gain. See, a contented heart says, whatever my circumstances are, I believe that God got it right, and I believe God has withheld no good thing from me. That's a content heart. A contented heart, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my circumstances. It doesn't mean I'm happy with everything, every situation my life is in. It just means that I believe God didn't withhold any good thing from me. Godliness with contentment is great gain. But when I've got a discontent heart, I believe that God, God did me a dirty. He withheld something good from me. That's a discontented heart, which is fertile ground for the enemy to sow seeds into. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Proverbs chapter 18 says this in verse 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The words that we love to use the most, we eat the fruit of that word. Do you want to reap a harvest of peace, reap a harvest of joy? What are the seeds that you're sowing? We can't continually sow seeds of destruction and discord and strife and then hope to reap a harvest of peace and righteousness and joy. We only get to choose the seeds that we sow. We don't get to choose the harvest that comes from it. Paul says to the Galatian church, Galatians chapter 6, Don't be deceived. 
God cannot be mocked. He says, God's not going to get this one wrong. You, you can't make a fool out of God on this one. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Excuse me. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Some of us are wanting to reap stuff in our lives that we haven't sown seeds for. Remember, we don't get to, to determine what we reap. We only get to determine what we sow. I can't continually sow milli seeds and then hope to reap sugarcane. If I sow milli seeds and I pray in Jesus' name and I fast and I, in Jesus' name I've got faith, I've got faith that I'll reap sugarcane. Well, you sowed millies. If you want to reap sugarcane, perhaps you should have showed, sowed sugarcane seeds so that you could reap sugarcane. As a man sows, so shall he reap. The only way to change your harvest is to change your seed. We have to seed our way out of a bad harvest. And this is something that takes time. It happens over time. It takes time to weed out the bad harvest, but then it also takes time for the good seed to take root and to grow to maturity. See, weeding out the bad harvest in your life alone isn't enough. You can't just weed out the bad harvest because then you've got a barren land. You need to also plant good seeds so that you can have a good harvest. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. This is why our language is so important. Why we have to choose the words that we use very carefully. See, how do you get seeds? How, do, how, how, do you, how, how did people, before we had seed banks and what you got to pick and pay and you buy a packet of seeds, but before we did that, how did you get seeds? From fruit. The way that we get seed is from fruit. So before we can plant the seed of something, we have to eat of the fruit of it. We have to eat the fruit to get the seed so we can plant the seed. Make sense? So if you want to change your harvest, you have to change your seed. And if you want to change your seed, you have to change the way that you speak. Life and death on the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. The power of your tongue, you will eat the fruit of it. To change your seed, change the way that you speak. This is why the company that you keep is so important. You might have heard the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Sure, that's, that's correct. I believe that. But it's far, far more important than that. If you're writing notes, you can take this down. Here's why it matters. Your voices determine your choices. The people that you allow to influence you, the voices in your life, determine your choices. They determine the choices of your language. They determine the choice that your life is taking. And so if your words determine your fruit, which determine your seed, which determine your harvest, who is determining your words? Your voices determine your choices. The people that you hang around with determine your words. The, the people you're influenced by determine the seeds that you sow, the fruit that you eat, the seeds that you sow, and the harvest that you reap. It sounds a little bit dramatic. I get that. But I've worked it out. The maths make sense. It's rational according to the scriptures. Some of you want to change your harvest, but you need to change the seeds that you can sow before you do that. And in order to change the seeds that you sow, you just need to change the company that you keep. Because the company that you keep is determining the language that you use, how you speak about things. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is talking to his disciples about a tree and a fruit. He says, uh, you, he says you will know a tree by its fruit. A good tree cannot be a bad fruit. 
and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And then he goes on in the same speech, as the same conversation he's having with his disciples in verse 36. He says, I tell you that everyone will have to give an account in the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. By your words, you will, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. So he speaks about good trees, good fruits, and the words that we speak in the same conversation that he's having with his disciples. One conversation. And then he says, every word that you speak will be used to either condemn you or to acquit you. Every single word. Friends, there isn't a word that you speak, whether you speak that word to yourself, to God, or others, whether you type that word online, there isn't a word that isn't heard. There isn't a word that you speak to yourself, to God, or others that doesn't carry power, that doesn't carry life, and it doesn't determine the harvest that you're going to reap. So this series is called Worth It, and we're going through the finance section now, and I can tell you that sowing your finances is worth it. This isn't the church saying, this isn't the church asking for more money. This is a pastor standing up saying, Jesus is a sower. Jesus says, as a man sows, so shall he reap. Can we just be a little bit more like the God that we say that we serve? Can we be sowers so that we can reap what we've sown? I want to be a sower in all that I do, and my finances are absolutely a big part of that. And so if we want to reap, we first have to sow, but we also have to sow well. Jesus tells another parable in Matthew chapter 13, where he sows seed, and he says this in verse 4. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell in good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. We'll come, to, we'll come back to that scripture in a minute. Wanting to sow seed is good, but there's a few things that, we, uh, that should determine how we sow our seeds, and whether it will yield good fruit. A couple of quick points about sowing, and then we're done. Number one, sow good seed. So it stands to reason that if I want a healthy crop, I've got to sow healthy seeds. It's logical. The premise is that we sow our best. So when Rich was, when Rich was speaking, he spoke on the principle of the first, and it's quite similar. We don't sow what we have left. We sow our first. We sow our best. When we sow from the bottom of the barrel, we reap from the bottom of the barrel. We saw this in the scripture in Genesis chapter 4 or 5 of God accepting Abel's offering and rejecting Cain's offering. See, Abel brought of his first to God. He brought of his best to God. Cain brought what was left. Cain scraped the bottom of the barrel and said, okay, God, this is what I got left. Therefore, this is my offering to you. This is the seed I'm going to sow. And actually, God rejected that offering. He said, you know what? I actually don't need it because sowing is not about God. God. God doesn't need me to sow. I sow for myself because of what it does to my heart. God says, you know what? Actually, I don't need it. I actually reject your offering because it wasn't Cain's best. So this is a financial principle, but it applies to all of our lives. If we sow seed, make sure it's our best. If you're going to sow time into somebody, make sure it's your best time. If you're going to sow into a relationship, give your best. Again, come back to Paul's writing to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 6. The Lord shall not be mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reap. If he sows of his best, you will reap the best. If you sow of what's the bottom of the barrel, you will reap 
the bottom of the barrel. If we sow bad seed, if we sow unused leftover seed, seed that I wasn't going to use anyway, that's what I'm going to reap. We all want good things to come to us, and the only way that we can reap a good harvest is to sow good seed. Make sure that the seed you are sowing comes from the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. Remember we, we said, how do we get seed to sow? Uh, by eating fruit. Paul, Paul writes to the Galatian church in Galatians 5, before he says, as a man sows, so shall he reap, he says in Galatians chapter 5, he says, this is what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. I think I added one or two in there. <laughs> That's okay. He says, this is what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. And so if I want to sow good seed, I've got to eat good fruit. Eat the fruit of the Spirit so that I can get good seed to sow. That is the best seed I can sow. When I sow the seeds of this fruit, it's good fruit. It's good seed. Sow the seeds of love, peace, patience, kindness. Sow the seeds of gentleness. Sow seeds of self-control. This is the best seed that we have. Here's why it's important, because number two, sow whatever you want to reap. You want to reap peace in your life? You've got to sow peace. Sow seeds of peace so that you can reap peace. There's so many people yearning for peace, and yet we constantly sow seeds of strife and anxiety, and then we wonder why we don't reap a harvest of peace. Well, it's because you're reaping what you've sown. What you sow in anxiety and strife you will reap in anxiety and strife. You want, to, you want to reap peace? So I'm saying sowing and reaping, just left and right. That's how it works. You want to sow in peace? <laughs> sow in peace so that you can reap in peace. Here's a simple rule. If you don't want to reap it, then don't sow it. I was in a conversation with somebody a year or two ago, and they were struggling with anxiety. And so we started speaking, and they started going on and telling me, Excuse me. about a, a truck accident that had taken place in the Western Cape and a, a fire that had killed the whole family in the free state and there was these devastating floods in Australia. And I said, oh, so, so, sorry, just hold on, stop. We started this conversation because you've said to me, I'm struggling with my anxiety and yet um, all you are sowing is anxiety. It's a bunch of people that you've got no connection to that have no impact on your life and yet you are involving yourself in the stress and anxiety of that situation and then wondering why you're reaping Stress and anxiety, what's what you've sown? All you've done is sow those seeds and you're wondering why, help me to, help me to reap a harvest of peace. I said, I can't help you to reap peace if you've sown anxiety. I can help you to sow peace, but I can't help you to reap something that you haven't sown. It's not within my ability to do that. Friends, the seeds that you sow on the internet, the seeds that you sow on social media and conversations around the bra, sitting on the beach, those are the harvests that you reap. If you don't want to reap it, then don't plant the seed of it. And I moved into my house a couple of years ago. Uh, somebody had gone around before me sowing seeds of devil chilies. You know devil chilies? Those little guys that are uh, small but as hot as Durban on a February afternoon. And so because somebody sowed those seeds, I now have birds with diarrhea above my washing line. And when I go and look for a cricket ball in the bushes, you can't wipe your eyes because you're going to go blind. If you touch those chilies and then wipe your eyes, if you've ever had that experience. I didn't, want, I didn't want to eat that fruit. I didn't want to reap that fruit. But because somebody had sowed the seeds before me, I had to deal with the fruit. If you don't want to eat the fruit of it, don't sow the seed of it. 
I, Lord knows I've sowed no devil chili f- seeds in my house because I don't, I don't want the fruit. Get rid of it. You, and if you want them, you're welcome. Come. Come get them from my house. Stop sowing seeds online and in person that you don't want to reap. James, Jesus' brother James puts it this way when he writes a letter to the church. James chapter 3, verse 18. He says, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Don't be a peacekeeper. Somebody who just sows a seed to keep the peace. Somebody who sows reluctantly to get somebody off their back. No, no, be a peacemaker. Somebody who sows good seed, the seed of the fruit of the Spirit, because that's what they want to reap. Number three, sow in good soil. When Rich was speaking about the principle of the first, he spoke about not wasting where you sow your tithe. Your offering is up to you, but your tithe has to be sown into the storehouse, the local church. I read that scripture, Matthew chapter 13, a bit earlier, when Jesus speaks about sowing seed and, and the, the types of soil that the seed falls on. So his disciples come to him a little bit later in Matthew chapter 13, and they say, Jesus, will you explain that parable to us again? So he says this in verse 19 of chapter, Matthew chapter 13. He explains it. When anyone, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. He says, this is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they've got no roots, they only last for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Two things, the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 and 30 times what is sown. He says the soil, Jesus says, the soil that I sow seeds into is your heart. How many of us have left church How many, or, or, or listened to a sermon or a podcast or a, a song and, and, we've thought, and, and God has spoken to us through that. And we, we thought to ourselves, yo, that was pretty good. I need to go and put that into practice. And then we've gone home and had, had some food and a nap. And then we've Netflixed, Netflixed for the rest of the evening. And it's, it's completely forgotten about. And in two weeks' time, we, we're reading through our notes and we think, geez, that was a good thing. That was a good word. God spoke to me. That was a good point. Um, why has it borne no fruit in my life? Well, friends, it was sowed into distracted soil. It was sown into shallow soil. And it was, the fruit of it was distracted away. It never bore root because it was distracted. It was sowed into distracted soil in my heart. When Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 6, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. It's not the other way around. Your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. So you can't have your heart here and your treasure there and hope that your treasure will eventually end up where your heart is. No, if it's in two places, Jesus says, your heart will always follow where your treasure is. So he says two things. Your heart will follow your treasure, and your heart is the soil that he plants seeds into. And so if you want the condition of your heart to be good, for your soil to be healthy so that it can yield a good crop with the seed that God plants in it, then the only way to do that is by changing where you put your treasure. Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. So 
Your, your treasure is the thing that is most precious to you. If the thing that is most precious to you is following the pattern of God for every aspect of my life, then that becomes where my treasure is. If I, I want to say that again. If the thing that is most precious to me is following the pattern of God for all of my life, that's where my treasure is. And if that's where my treasure is, Jesus says, my heart will also be there. And if my heart is there, my heart will begin to become healthier. And as my heart begins to become healthier, what happens? The seed that God, flow, the seed that God plants there starts to take deeper root. Can you, can, you, can you follow the progression? I want my heart to be healthy, which means I need to change what is precious to me. If the thing that is precious to me is the kingdom, my heart becomes healthier, and it becomes a healthier soil for the seed of God to be planted into so that it yields a better crop. Jesus says, if you want to reap crop, a hundred times what is sown, change the condition of your heart. Don't be hearers and forgetters. Be hearers, understanders, and doers. This is, it's, this is not something that I can start on my own. See, Jesus, Jesus speaks earlier in the Scriptures, earlier in the Bible, about taking a heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh. I can't think my way from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. I have to ask Jesus to give me a new heart. That's what it means to be a Christian. I've asked Jesus to take my heart of stone, my old way of life, and to give me a heart of flesh, a fertile, soft heart, where he can plant seeds that can, that can bear fruit in my life. If you've never done that, if you've never, if you've never asked Jesus to do that, if you've, if you've never asked him to give you a new heart, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end. Number four, we need to sow in faith. Paul instructs the church that meets in Rome. He writes a letter to them, and it's called, it's called the letter to the Romans. And he says this in Romans chapter 14, verse 23. He says, anything not done in faith is sin. He doesn't say anything, anything not done in faith, guys, it's not wise, and perhaps there's a better way, and you should, you should do it a bit better. He says, no, if it's not done in faith, it's sin. It's quite strong language. He's quite direct. If it's not done in faith, it is sin. What this means is, if I sow seed reluctantly, if I sow seed out of compulsion, somebody convinced me, and I, and I, oh, I begrudgingly, reluctantly sow the seed, not only will I not reap a harvest, Paul says it's actually sin. He says it's better off for you to not sow a seed and not reap a harvest than to sow a seed not in faith because it's sin. Sin, which is, again, strong language, but it's Paul's language. So if you don't feel that you can sow peace and love and gentleness into a relationship or into a situation in faith, but you're going to do it reluctantly through gritted teeth, it's actually better not to sow it. It's better not to do it. If you're a parent and you've got kids and you're, you, you would have experienced this situation, your kids are fighting, and you say to them, stop, apologize to your brother, apologize to your sister. What do they do? What's the first thing that they say? Sorry. Through gritted teeth. It's not, they're not really sorry. I can tell by the way you reluctantly apologized that you weren't really sorry. Doesn't, that, that apology counts for very little. If you can't do it in faith, Paul says, don't do it. Don't force it until it can be done in faith because anything not done in faith is a sin. All seed that you sow must be sown in faith. Number five and lastly, sow so that others can reap. And you can also read that as 
So, so that others can reap. That's what that says. So the premise of sowing September is that we sow seeds in faith so that not only so that we can reap a harvest, but so that others can reap a harvest also. Jesus says in John chapter 4, the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you, he says, talking to his disciples, he says, I sent you to reap what you've not worked for. Others have done the hard work, but you've reaped the benefits of their labor. So all of us listening to this today, whether we're sitting in the building or we're listening to this online, all of us are the benefactors of seed that we didn't plant. Somebody in generations past planted seeds that we now get to live in the shade of and eat the fruit of. Every child that is born into a family lives in the shade and eats the fruit of something they never planted a seed for. We are the benefactors of seeds somebody else planted, which means somebody else needs to be in the benefactor of seeds that I'm planting. All right? We said in the beginning that if, we, if, if the church doesn't speak up on finances, the world's narrative of consumerism and capitalism dominates the narrative. Consumerism and capitalism said, I need to take care of me and my family and my friends. I need to eat what I've put in, make myself wealthy, healthy, wealthy, and strong, and, and, and perhaps my family and friends take care of them. No, no, it's not that. The narrative of the kingdom is, I sow seeds so that somebody that I don't know can live in the shade and eat of the fruit of the seeds that I've sown. I may never eat any of the fruit or live in any of the shade of the seeds that I'm planting. And I need to be okay with that. Because I'm a part of the kingdom, not a part of this world. See, the world operates in profit and loss. It's not profitable to sow seeds that somebody else is going to get the benefit of. That's not profitable. But it's the, the, the kingdom doesn't operate on profit and loss. The kingdom of God operates in the principle of sowing and reaping. It's nice to have fruit to share with somebody. Many of the seeds that we are sowing will only bear fruit long after I'm gone or in a time and place where I can't benefit from them, and I've got to be okay with that. Friends, please, don't only sow seeds that benefits your friends and family. We are not politicians. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I say it truthfully too. We are not politicians. Don't sow seeds that only benefit you, your friends, and your family. Sow seeds. You see, Jesus says, it's easy to love a good person, but I haven't called you to love good people. Jesus says, if you are a follower of me, I've actually called you to love your enemies. So I've got to be okay sowing seeds that cost me something that my enemies might live in the shade and eat in the fruit of. And I've got to be okay with that because I'm part of the kingdom of God, not profit and loss, sowing and reaping. So first of all, we have to sow good seed. We have to sow our best. We have to sow what we want to reap. And if I don't want to reap it, then I shouldn't be sowing it. I have to sow in good soil. I change the condition of my heart by placing my treasure in the kingdom. I have to sow in faith because anything done not in faith is a sin. And then I have to sow so that others can reap. Jesus says, one sows, another waters, and another reaps, but it's God who brings the increase. I started off by saying, um, go back and listen to uh, the, the series on finances, not only if your finances are in a tricky place, but if you want to understand the recipe. But if your finances are in a tricky place, sometimes a recipe is not helpful by itself. Sometimes you need to cook a, a skilled chef to help you go through the recipe. Lord knows that's true if I'm cooking. 
I need somebody to help me read the recipe and understand it, right? If your finances are in that place, we've got a finance course starting 30th of October. If you would like help understanding the recipe of God, if you want to be a franchise, you've got to follow the recipe of God. If you would like help stewarding your finances, please come and speak to us. This is not a series in isolation. This is not something we speak on once and we're done with. No, we want to help you follow the pattern of God. Come and speak to somebody at the hospitality desk afterwards. The 30th of October, we'll get all the times and details and material. We'll get it to you. But we want to help you. Help us to help you. Give us your name. Put your names down. 30th October, we start. Come and speak to somebody at the hospitality desk afterwards. If you know somebody that will benefit from it, put their name down and get them to come. Convince them. It will be worth it. I can promise you that. Can you stand with me, please?